Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Kofi Coburn said that he couldn't let Illinois lose on IO night and uh, the All-American who soon will have his jersey hung to the rafters as well came through in a huge way. 23 points, 18 rebounds as Alani come from behind after building a huge early lead, 76-64. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper at State Farm Center as Illinois improves to 4-0 in Big Ten play, now atop the Big Ten with only Michigan State after Ohio State loses to Indiana in a huge game by Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, but they protect home court, Derek, and that's what you have to do. Illinois is now 18-4 on their home court against Big Ten opponents the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, I think we learned, not that we didn't know this, just how valuable Kofi Coburn is. When he was on the floor tonight, 28, a plus 28 in the box score when he was off the court, a minus 16, a plus 28, and a 12-point win. Yeah, it's an All-American for you, Derek. Oh, one that's going to have the the jersey up there for good reason because he's just a one-of-a-kind type of talent in terms of Illinois, uh, having that dominant of a big man in that kind of form and fashion. And really, uh, you don't see many like him come around. So uh, I, I think that we all know that any team that plays Illinois that can't handle him has no chance. I, I think just the... The number, the sheer number of teams, really even in a, in a very good league in the Big Ten, can half the teams battle him? I don't even think it's that high. I think uh, just the realization of, okay, they can't do anything to this guy, even though they had a transfer from Georgetown as their starting center who's played now three years at the high major level, but destroyed him, fouled out two of their centers. At the end of the game, they got no chance. Dante Scott's trying his darnness, but uh, just the ridiculous stat lines and he dominated. He was showing off a little bit in front of Iowa and DeMar DeRozan there at the end, which is fun. And uh, yeah, Illinois is has able to weather that storm with the COVID pause, come back, quick turnaround, get the two wins, and uh, go to Nebraska next week. But really, everybody's thinking about when we return to this building for Michigan and Purdue, and they put themselves in a position to be playing for a lot. Yeah, uh, could be five and zero. Oh. You should be five and zero. Oh. Uh, I know Nebraska has played Illinois tough in Lincoln here recently, but not to get too far ahead of ourselves, Derek. Kofi Coburn is second in the country in points uh, scoring and third in rebounding. He raised both of those tonight. Like 23 points, 18 rebounds. He raised both of those stats tonight. And in the second half, he had 16 and 15. He's got seven straight double-doubles. You know, it's 37 double-doubles. I I think he's only, what, a handful away from setting the record for double-doubles for Illinois. But, yeah, it was kind of like a fitting night that's like, oh, Illinois, why are they in such a good place, right? Like, why are they over the last – three years what's the stat now 33 and 15 or something during Big Ten play it's because they've had two of the legends Io DeSumo uh, and Kofi Coburn that when the rest of the team has a bad night whether it's Nebraska last year with Io or tonight the rest of the team didn't play all that well Demonte Williams Trent Frazier had good games but Kofi just absolutely carries them that's what gives you such a high floor and, and you said it Derek nobody can match up with him in the Big Ten maybe Purdue 
but he crushed Purdue the last two years, right? Who's, who's got great big men. So, yeah, Ohio State can give you issues with, with their big men. I think Marcus Bingham might be one of the more interesting matchups. Michigan State's got a bunch of big guys they can throw at you. Um, and I think Bingham, with his explosiveness, can, can maybe give Kofi some fits, but Kofi can bowl him over at, at other times. So I think those are two teams that are top of the Big Ten that could give you some issues, Purdue certainly with their size, but that's about it. I, I, Kofi Coburn is such an advantage, and that's why I think this team, before the season I thought it was the Big Ten favorite, and right now they certainly uh, look like they should be at least in that top two or three when we talk about Big Ten favorites. Yeah, absolutely. I know that Trace Jackson Davis and Kofi have had some battles. What I even mentioned <laughs> that uh, when Reese dunks on Kofi tonight, and I remembered last year when Trace dunked on Kofi in, in Bloomington and, and Kofi just dominated the rest of that game. I think that a similar thing played out tonight. But, yeah. uh, uh, but th thank you for mentioning Trace, who, who deserves to be, because he, he does give Kofi some fits. It's just the rest of Indiana is an issue, the guard yeah. play especially. Yeah. Sure, and then you could say, you know, Dickinson coming in, was that next week, next yeah. next weekend? That would be a great battle. Obviously, Michigan's not playing all that well. But in terms of just the, the overall league, the top of the league, there's not very many that can, can do anything with that guy. And uh, the numbers are just mind-boggling. And, and for a team that has been able to shoot so well, it, it's amazing that the last opponent they played in Minnesota decided, we're going to actually try to take away Plummer and Frazier instead. Not that they didn't want to limit Kofi, but that was their main focus. That's showing the attack around the perimeter. They didn't have it tonight. They didn't have the threes tonight, and still to be able to win shows the dominance of Kofi. And uh, I know that John Rothstein said that in comparison to Luke Gugars' numbers, you know, Kofi's even far superior now this year versus what Luca did the previous two years when he won National Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. And he, he deserves to be right up there. I know Johnny Davis, as we speak right now, is just going bonkers <laughs> again. He He's had a phenomenal start, and there's some others in there. But uh, if you're not talking about Kofi and, and one of those first two names you throw out there, you're doing it wrong. No, I agree with you. And it's like, I get it, Gonzaga, Duke, you know, some of these top team, Baylor, right? But, like, if, if you're not talking about Kofi Coburn as a national player of the year candidate, you just either aren't paying attention or don't appreciate him enough. So I know we do, but like nights like this are just a great showcase for him when we're talking about some of those honors, but more importantly, just show what he means to Illinois and what he means when he's not on the court, right? Like Illinois really struggled offensively when he wasn't on the court. And it shows you one, when they don't have, when they don't have Coburn and Curbelo, the half court gets really rough, right? Everybody can guard and really put a lot of pressure on those guards. They don't sink. There's nobody to break down a defense like Kofi when he gets it in the post or Cabello when he's off the dribble. Grandison really struggled tonight, 2 of 12. Trent Frazier in the first half, I believe, was 1 of 7. Plummer uh, was 4 of 14 for the night, 2 of 8 uh, from 3. But he still found a way to win, right? And, and that's what's huge is Kofi obviously made a huge point of that, but you know, if Plummer hit some big shots early in the second half, Trent Frazier had made three straight threes after missing his first five. And then finally, Derek, after Maryland had this huge run of offensive success, Illinois got down and guarded. Uh, and they really shut down Maryland to end that game. I think there were about three for the last 14 from the field. When you don't shoot well, and Illinois is going to have nights, they shoot great because they're a really great shooting team. 
They're 8 of 30 tonight from three, and at one point they were way worse than that. Uh, Brad Under was really happy that they found a way to win by owning the glass and playing some defense. Yeah, when you looked going in, Maryland was top 50 in the country in defensive rebounding, and you wouldn't have known it tonight just the way that Illinois was able to rack up those offensive boards, 19 of them. A lot of that was Kofi, but even Coleman Hawkins had six, and his energy was good. And that's kind of, like you said, the approach. And Brad mentioned in the postgame, he said a lot in terms of trying to change the mentality of this program and, and how they were going to approach things. The staples uh, of what he preaches is what happens if the ball doesn't go in? How are we going to win? And it is defense uh, and it is rebounding. And that has allowed them in the past to be very consistent. I'd, I've still waited to see this defense take strides forward to see if they can be uh, a top echelon of the Big Ten or even they're, they're outside of the top uh, around the country right now. But uh, can they can they do that? And I, for stretches there in that second half when they were able to finally stop Dante Scott, uh, that was a big development, big key to uh, or big credit to DeMonte Williams for that. Obviously, Trent Frazier, uh, Eric Ayala had good numbers, but his his opportunities were limited, only taking seven shots, so uh, didn't allow him a whole lot of opportunities. That was good as well. And so between the, the defense and the rebounding, I thought that was uh, a way to go about it. And you're getting yourself extra opportunities on the off offensive glass when threes aren't falling. I do want to bring up this point because Brad Underwood made it a big point. Uh, I think he liked this game being rescheduled the Tuesday or the Minnesota game for Tuesday. One, because his team could play it at full strength, but two, it made it kind of this NCAA tournament feel, back-to-back -back games where you have Tuesday, Thursday, quick turnaround. Uh, and he, he loved that. And this kind of is like a first weekend, right? Like Minnesota, I don't think they're going to be a tournament team. I don't think Maryland's going to be that. But those are kind of the first-round kind of teams you could play, uh, kind of caliber, and you find a way to – one, get through it, um, play well, get two wins, but also Trent Frazier played 40 minutes tonight. Demonte Williams played 37. Alfonso Plummer, 35. Kofi Coburn played all 20 minutes in the second half. Um, I thought that was that was pretty telling, uh, what Brad Underwood thinks of this rotation when the game's really, really close. Grannis in 31 minutes, Hawkins 18. Then the next was Omar Payne at five and nobody else uh, with more than three. Um, but uh, they gutted it out, Derek, a team that hadn't played in 13 days. Um, these guys logged a lot of minutes. Yeah, they definitely did. They had to. And it, it does say something about their ability to, to bounce back playing just 48 hours beforehand. And obviously, once you throw Curbelo in there, and we'll probably talk about that as we go through the podcast, every podcast, you got to <laughs> mention Curbelo at some point. He will be another one in that rotation that extends the, the rotation a little bit more once you're playing these very tense, close battles against good teams. And, and we can, I don't know how great Maryland ultimately is. They're not very good, but. Uh, it would be going forward, um, as you were talking about before we started this podcast, is it's, as the, the games tense up, Brad really shortens that rotation. And we saw some of that tonight, and we will going forward. But, uh, yeah, it's a great thing to have with Trent, being able to play him. I mean, he comes off the Notre Dame. Uh, he goes in that Notre Dame game with, off the injury and what, plays 35 or whatever it was. Uh, that's a great value to be able to have. But, yeah, they, they did need to just kind of gut it out. And uh, you're going to have those in the Big Ten when it's a long, grueling season and you're not going to have the shots some night and you got to find ways to win. Uh, I think we got to mention, like, what would the season be without Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams coming back for a super senior season? I mean, the value they've given you. Uh, and, and Trent, he, he keeps saying, like, he just goes on these little heaters. He tends to do that. Uh, three straight threes in the second half were huge. They needed somebody to create buckets. And he's the one guy who can with, with Curbelo off the court. Like, 
by himself in these ball screens. Otherwise, it's Kofi basically creating for everybody by just the attention he gets in the middle. But I also want to bring up DeMonte. Like, I, I don't love some of the, sh- the the decisions he's making offensively, Derek. Like He's passing up on some threes, doesn't look as confident. And, and teams aren't running him off the line. He's just deciding to kind of take it off the dribble. And uh, he's not finishing a lot of those. But he had two big ones uh, in the second half, taking those to the rim. And defensively, what he did on Dante Scott in the second half, I think holding him to two points uh, in the second half, was significant, gave you so much energy on the glass, had prolonged a couple of possessions by throwing them off guys. Mm-hmm. Um, DeMonte did his glue guy stuff, and, and Trent stepped up with some big shots. He seems to hit him at the State Farm Center a lot. Yeah, I don't even think he needs to look at that rim after he's put one or two down. And you know that as he comes up the court and he's going to go to the pull-up, and if you're not checking him 30, 35 feet uh, beyond the, you know, from the from the rim, he, he's going to – he, he looked it off today. He did maybe like the Aaron Rodgers, like look off the safety, he looked over to the corner, and you knew that after he had made one and also had a an and one take to the rim before that that he was going to let it fly, and of course it buries it and the crowd goes crazy. And, and that's what he does, especially in this building. Like you said, that's signature vintage Trent Frazier. Uh, and DeMonte, yeah, I think that, again, the, the defense on Scott, the fact is that a couple of those takes to the rim are, are nice plays. It's a nice thing to be able to – to get out of maybe a run that you're on the, the, the wrong end of or just when you need a bucket. Uh, this It's clear that they've let him be aggressive with his two-point opportunities. Yeah. And I know that Tim Anderson at one point just told him, he went to the rim at one point and just said, slow down, like don't rush yourself. You can go up there and finish. Yeah. Um, it's, it hasn't been his strength throughout his career at Illinois, his two-point field goal percentages. And I, you made a great point that sometimes he just needs to take those threes. Uh, but if he can, on occasion, go to the rim and finish, Trent did that a little bit too. Uh, that is valuable when the threes aren't falling. 18 points the last two games from DeMonte. I mean, that's that's significant. I, I think there's some opportunities. He can he can score even more if he, he takes some of those open threes. Um, not the best night for Jacob Grandison or Alfonso Plummer. They were due, probably. They're 3 of 13 combined from three tonight. Um, if you did, what, six of 26 from the floor. I thought Alfonso Plummer did a nice job creating, though. Uh, he got to the free throw line. Uh, once and uh, I just thought he created some really good opportunities for for Kofi as well. But um, you can get a Big Ten win, Derek, with those guys struggling with how important they've been. Your number two and number three score. Uh, I think that shows that that Illinois has got some depth here because there are other teams in the Big Ten. You look at Maryland. Um, you have an off night from you know one of your guys, Fats Russell or Wahab is bad. Like they can't withstand it. Illinois can withstand that because they have some other guys step up. And I want to include Coleman Hawkins in that. Um, and defensively, Dante Scott got the best of him, but eight points, eight rebounds, six on the offensive glass, as you said, and I just thought he brought energy. Like, it's not clean right now from Coleman Hawkins, but he's bringing some energy. Yeah, certainly. And if you would have said that the first two games out of the COVID pause, Plummer's going to go two for 12 from three, you're like, oh, boy, we probably have taken, <laughs> taken a loss, hopefully not two of those. But yeah. uh, to be able to obviously have other guys step up and you got enough going for you there, uh, otherwise, it is very, very good. I do think that Plummer's defense, in particular in the first half on Fats Russell, uh, was very good. I think that Russell only had one basket uh, before halftime. I went four for 11 on the game. And I, I wondered, I thought that maybe Frazier was going to draw that matchup, but ultimately it was it was Plummer, and uh, he stayed with him. Uh, obviously, Plummer has the quickness, and uh, just didn't allow him free, free runs to the rim, and um, that was certainly great. And, and yeah, Granison... He's been on such a roll, just playing so efficient, great basketball. 
two of 12, it was a, it was a rough night for him, but you're not going to think too much of it. But yeah, back to your, your final point on Coleman. I, I, th I think that the last couple of games, really bragging rights thought he had outside of the turnovers. And that's really the yeah. thing that uh, is still popping up. I don't know he had one bad one tonight, but uh, I think his energy has improved. I think he's feeling more comfortable in his role. And, and the energy is just, you know, chasing loose balls, getting rebounds and had a couple of putbacks. That, that's good. That's good to see. Yeah. I mean, with the attention Kofi gets, like you saw Maryland get some offensive rebounds tonight because, you know, Illinois was, was trying to fall on Scott and, you know, Coleman can get a lot of points, a lot of rebounds by crashing the boards offensively. Um, I do want to mention, I mean, there were some issues that, that cropped up tonight. I thought defensively especially, you know, Dante Scott's a good four. There are better fours uh, in the Big Ten, and we knew this was going to be an issue, but Illinois is undersized from the two to four. I mean, maybe Grandison at three, he's, he's a fine size there, but, like, you know, when you got Plummer at the two or you got, um, you know, DeMonte Williams at the four, even though he can play good defense on fours, like you just are outsized at points, and, and that showed up tonight. Yeah, it definitely did. And Dante Scott gave Illinois problems here last year and, and had that thing going for uh, the first 30 minutes, really, of this game as well. And uh, I know that we saw Tubelis as, as a four-man give Illinois problems. And I, I will say that the Harper matchup for Rutgers when he came in here and Coleman was able to do a great job. And Keegan Murray had, for the most part, a, an off night in Iowa City. Uh, so there's been a little bit of the the up and down there. And I think that some of that is, is Coleman's up and down uh, nature. But yeah, there's no doubt that when it's not him out there, when it's Grandison or it's DeMonte, you're giving up size. And you think about an EJ Liddell, you think about uh, some other of those those matchups, uh, it can be tough. It can be tough for this team in terms of the size you're giving up. And uh, that is one thing that you think you would pinpoint as if you're going to match up down the road against a, a really, really good four, is that going to be a downfall? What's your counter to that? Yeah, and I, I think even sometimes, like as good of a defender Trent is, like Eric Ayala is bigger than him, and, and he could body him up and, and finish at the rim a little bit. So that could be an issue at some point against the truly great teams. The thing is, Derek, I don't know how many truly great teams there are in the Big Ten, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I think Illinois is in a really good position here. Um, you got Nebraska next week, Michigan uh, on Friday as well. Uh, a big, another big week ahead, but like. You just got to go on the road and take care of business, right? Like these are the stretches, and I think tonight was such an important game, Derek. Like, we don't think a lot as much last year about like the Indiana win uh, on the road or the Nebraska win on the road. Like, they went to overtime, but those are huge wins to kind of sustain your streak that eventually got you uh, a top seed in the Big Ten tournament, number two, and eventually got you the number one seed overall. Is to go on those kind of stretches that it takes to compete for a Big Ten title. You got to take care of these games where it's a little ugly, uh, and you know against a team that isn't that great but gives you a scare. It's the same thing on Tuesday. Like, you know, stretch this into a five and zero start to where you're going into Michigan and Purdue thinking, man, even if you just split, you should be sitting near the top or maybe at the top of the Big Ten. Or if you go seven and zero, man, people are really chasing you at that point. Yeah, it's the difference between uh, a team like Illinois to this point and then like Indiana going to Penn State not being able to get that one done and stringing out that consistency and, and padding that that early cushion that you're able to, to give yourself. Not to say that, you know, obviously Michigan State's up there, but uh, I know that it's easy to think, all right, where's Purdue? Where's Illinois? That's kind of where the mind has been framed uh, so far. But, uh, yeah, just giving yourself and taking advantage of what's been, I think it's fair to say, if fairly favorable start yep. to Big Ten play. We've, we've talked about that. And, and then once you get into the meat of things of this, that big 
Friday, Monday turnaround here or getting into February when you're on the road against a lot of really good teams, uh, those taking advantage of those opportunities are going to be important. And you got to be able to go get it done. Like Ohio State was down like four or five in the final minute at, at Lincoln, I think, last week. And mm -hmm. uh, they ultimately found a way to, to gut that one out in overtime. But that's what you got to be able to do is, is take care of business and, and make sure that you're still in a position that you should be in. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When it was 2-2, two and two, the terrible loss to Cincinnati, a terrible loss to Marquette. They've won 9 of 10, Derek. They're pretty good. It is a pretty good Illinois team. So if you were jumping off the cliff there, um, sorry, uh, you left us there. But uh -huh. welcome back to the Illinois basketball bandwagon. They will be ranked next week. I think that should be a pretty guarantee, given that you're atop the Big Ten. I, I think you and I probably both think they're a top 20 team. Uh, I think they right now look like the best team in the Big Ten. I think Purdue can get back up there. Ohio State, Michigan State are obviously very good teams. Um, and then you got you know the mix of Michigan, Indiana. Like how how good are some of those teams? But uh, how good do you think they are? Like is this team as good, or can they be as good as last year, or do they even need to be uh, in this Big Ten that I think is is weaker than last year? They don't need to be to go farther in the tournament, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I don't know. I think that you're not going to see this team be a one seed. I, I would be surprised to see that just based on some of the early blemishes. Uh, I wrote last week, or maybe it was early this week. I'm all lost now <laughs> after driving 11 hours in Minneapolis, or back from Minneapolis thanks to the snow. Uh, last week about Purdue, I thought Purdue I would still give the edge to until I saw Curbelo come back and be healthy. Yeah. Um, and then Purdue drops one at home to Wisconsin. So uh, that's really put they, Illinois. They lost it to Johnny Davis, yeah. not Wisconsin. Yeah, you're right, to Johnny <laughs> Davis. Um, that's put Illinois in a position of strength to be able to – hold at the top of the league and um and look Curbelo is in a practice uniform at the very least we know that he was yeah. for in shoot around and uh, we'll find out more details on that as we move into next week and maybe we even see him in a game um so that's progressing in the right way Illinois offensively is playing really really well the fact that they're top 10 in the country offensive efficiency without the fact that Carvello hasn't played in five or six weeks. The most dynamic point guard in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, that that says a ton. And the three-point shooting, I think that they're – I know they had some ugly stretches of basketball tonight, but for the most part what we've seen recently is great passing, a great chemistry about them. Obviously the inside with Kofi, the outside with the three-point shooting. I still wonder about their defense because yeah. when you look at who they've played, they still have one win against the Ken, Ken Palm Top 50. Yep. And really that's just – I mean, part of your schedule is you haven't – been challenged too greatly yet mm -hmm. 
And we're going to find out more at that. And I, I like you were saying earlier about some of the issues tonight, uh, I still wonder if this team's good enough defensively to yeah. uh, be as consistent as they would need to be to achieve last year. Yeah, you kind of look at the top 10 of the Kempom. Like, I don't think they're as good as Baylor, Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga just talent-wise, right? Um, and they're a pretty good team. Kansas, you know, Purdue offensively. Um, might be a little bit better in Illinois they're on the same part there. I just think Illinois is a little bit better defensively at the moment than Purdue, but I think they're they're pretty even teams. But like Villanova, Duke, I don't know if Illinois is as good as those teams, um, but none of those teams are, are Big Ten teams, right? So I think they do need Curbelo to be as good as Arizona, right? Like to, to be as good. And I know you only lost by a couple points to Arizona at home, but I'm talking like if you want to be national championship quality, I think – Corbello's got to be there. You need somebody who can break down a defense like that and just give you another option. Uh, they're not very deep. They're not a very deep team, but boy, they have such a high floor. There, there are few teams that have as high of a floor as Illinois because of their shooting and because of Kofi Coburn. Like, it's just they have, and they're so old. <laughs> they're 23 years yeah. old there. They go into halftime tonight after they got haymaker after haymaker at the end of that first half without Kofi. And Brad Underwood's talking about Coach, we got it. We already talked about everything we need to do. We're good. And Underwood said he really didn't have to address the team very much. Like, that's going to do them really well during Big Ten play. And you hope this year the experience of last year, but also the experience of, of the entire team uh, helps them come March. I mean, yeah, with how old this team is uh, and all the battles they've been through, the fact that they've just established it, they go on the road in the Big Ten, you expect them to win. And that's You shouldn't be taking that lightly. Uh, and there's just a lot to like. I think that when you think about you know down the road in the NCAA tournament when it's do or die time, if they make threes and Kofi's Kofi, like you're not gonna. It's, I don't know how you beat them. Yeah. I know you're gonna go farther and you're gonna face teams like an Arizona that's that's really darn good. And they made sure that Kofi wasn't Kofi. That was part of them winning here uh, in Champaign. But yeah, I, I think offensively they've got super upside. I am curious to see how they integrate Curbelo back. Mm -hmm. Is it gonna? Is it going to be off the bench? How does he come about his role? Uh, and, and how does he fit into what they're doing so well already instead of being maybe the reason everything works, like we kind of maybe expected earlier on? Uh, so that, that part's still interesting to find out. But I think they're a top 15 team. They've been playing like a top 15, top 10 team. I know that there's some metrics. The Bart Tor Torvik said that since December 1, they've been, mm -hmm. if, as far as the analytics go, the best team in the country. Uh, they just need to be challenged a little bit more, and, yeah. and we're going to see that here coming up. That's that's what's going to be great, and that's what you love is when you start to see these challenges. Um, I will say, uh, we didn't ask Brad about Andre Corbella tonight because we had so many other things, especially with Iowa night, which we'll talk about here in a second real quick. But um, Corbella was practicing with the shoot-around. We heard that. We saw that. Uh, it would make a lot of sense, and this is just speculation, right? Like We, we haven't heard this. This is just speculation. But it make a lot of sense to get him a couple minutes at Nebraska, right? Like where there's there shouldn't be a lot of nervousness in that game. I, I say that respecting a Big Ten opponent and knowing what uh, they did to Ohio State, giving them a scare last week at home. But uh, it just that feels like a that would make a lot of sense more so than than putting him in against Michigan or Purdue or even on the road at Maryland or home against Michigan State. Uh, if he's cleared to play and he's practicing as hard as Corey Provis said on the BTM broadcast here tonight. It'd make a lot of sense to get his feet wet against Nebraska. Absolutely. As long as you're not in the same situation as last year where you needed Io in overtime to beat the Huskers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would want to see Curbelo out there logging some minutes before you're going to play 
uh, a tougher test in a, in a Michigan or a Purdue. And uh, I think that even just earlier on, I'm, I'm speculating, I think that off the bench for him is kind of what you're going to probably expect, and you're going to see what he can handle and see how he factors back in and, yeah, you know, do some things that he's comfortable with, run some pick and rolls. And it's just like be last year. Like yeah, be, right. Do what you did last year, and I think you know at the beginning of the season he struggled, Derek, and I understand it because Kofi's out, Plummer, what is he? Uh, Grandison, he doesn't have the confidence he has yet. You know, Trent's banged up. Like I have to carry this team, and it was just way too much of a load for him, especially given that he had a concussion a couple of weeks prior. Like, and then the Marquette game happens, and Cincinnati happens, uh, and and you just feel for the kid. But now seeing Plummer and Frazier and and you know Grandison really step up and seeing what Kofi does, like, he's your guy. And Curbelo last year just played so free, right, as a freshman. Mm-hmm. It's, it didn't feel like he played that early in the season, but now sitting back and seeing it, I, I think he should just be like, man, I just got to be Andre Curbelo. I don't have to be All-American. I, I just need to be uh, the distributing point guard on this team that can break things down when, when the team really needs it. And they, they missed him in the first half tonight. Like, mm-hmm. that's exactly when you need Andre Curbelo. Yeah, certainly, and I think that the way they've played should take some pressure off. Just similar as he even said at this, you know, leading into the season, I knew we had Iowa and Kofi, and I knew that that I didn't have to try to be at everything. I could just go out there and do my thing, and I think that now that they've got the three-point shooting, they've got Kofi going, he can try to take some pressure off and just play his game and, and not try to force the issue, and there's going to be some, some rust, there's going to be some mistakes he's going to make, but when that guy is right or somewhere close, he's a really, really darn good player. And uh, I think we're getting close. I, you could tell just kind of the way that Brad hasn't told us everything or even even close to that. But yeah. some of his responses here recently have, have hinted that they're excited and that, that he's making the progress that they've been hoping for. All right, Derek, uh, there was an NBA star here tonight yeah. along with DeMar DeRozan. Uh, I would assume yeah. one night. And it was so cool. DeMar DeRozan showed up and I, I was able to talk with him, which was really cool, by the way, uh, being a big Bulls fan. Um, and you could tell, like, that's a huge deal. Like, a 32-year-old All-Star shows up for 21-year-old rookies, jersey uh, raising to the rafters. But what a moment that was. I, I wish the crush were here. It was kind of a sleepy crowd for most of the game until Brad Underwood willed them. But at that moment, like, that was really cool. Even with Illinois down four points at the time, uh, Iowa having that moment, seeing his parents' reaction to it. Um, there's nothing more you can say about Iowa DeSumo, but, like, that kid lived up to every ridiculous expectation anyone ever had for him. To be, like... I, I kept saying, don't, don't expect, like, don't put it on the kid to be the program savior. It took some Kofi Coburn and Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams, all of them, but that kid t- took that limelight, took that pressure, and not only succeeded despite it, like he embraced that, he yeah. wanted that, and he, it's the same thing with the Chicago Bulls right now. So, what a cool moment for one of the biggest icons in Illinois basketball history, and obviously the best player we've covered on the beat. Absolutely, for. Number 11 to go up next to the other number 11 in D. Brown and, and knowing his lasting legacy. And I mean, he went to a national championship game, so I don't know that we could debate the, the comparison. But ultimately, I think that this 11, you see a lot of those in the crowd. And those are for a lot of those are for Io. And uh, I think he's going to be someone that people talk about, obviously, for a long time. And uh, the fact that he's got an opportunity to, to even cement more of, of what he means maybe for the program with what he does in the NBA, because I think that can affect mm-hmm. perception of the program, recruiting, 
but keep I've, him bulls. Give him the second yeah, contract. Right. Keep him around for a while. Absolutely, <laughs> but yeah, such a amazing moment to see him and just to see him live out in his dream. And, and uh, he obviously lived out what he said he was going to do at Illinois and bringing them back and uh, winning a bunch of games and stepping up in the clutch moments and. Yeah, such a, a, a great, tight-knit family that has been along for the ride the entire time, and they get to see him in Chicago. It's just it's all it's all coming to place for him, and that's just really darn cool. Just remember being at the Jordan Brand store, yeah. right? Like, it was such a cool moment then that it felt like, man, Illinois basketball might have something going now, and now we're sitting here, and Illinois basketball is the team most programs in the Big Ten are now chasing. I mean, no team, no program has been better the last three years like he started, he's. It's almost like he's the Mateen Cleaves of this thing, mm-hmm. right? With Michigan State's run under Tom Izzo, that you know, Tom Izzo just year after year was atop the Big Ten, and they're in it every year. And I think Illinois, after Kofi leaves, is going to have some years that uh, they got to rebuild this thing. But Io could be the start of all of that. So uh, to see that, and then the. Isaac Trotter tweeted out the highlights today. Just moment after uh-huh. moment, right? It's just like, man, I forgot about that one. I forgot about that one. It's like he just did it time after time after time. And, um, yeah, he's, he's one I'll be talking about for the rest of my life of, like, being able to cover his career and, and how good he was for us to cover as well. Yeah. Kofi, Kofi's the same way. And that's, that's what we're doing right now with Kofi is it's like the third year of Iowa, you're just sitting there being like, man, Illinois is so lucky to have that. It's the same, year, same thing with Kofi. They're so lucky to have a third year of an icon like that. And I'll always think of Iowa and Kofi. Yeah. And, and you're going to think of Feliz and Frazier and, and Williams and Grandison along with it. But uh, it's Iowa and Kofi, like that dynamic duo that really uh, has spurred Brad Underwood's program here. Yeah, I mean, what else is there really to say? <laughs> Those two are going to go up and be side by side there in the Raptors. And we, you and I have watched a lot of Illinois basketball and haven't been too like that in, in a long time. And uh, it's, it's made a huge difference. And I think it's set up Illinois, and we're going to see what life after Kofi ultimately looks like. But uh, it's one of those just enjoy the rides because yeah. uh, those are two of the the greats in, in Illinois basketball history. And, yeah, the, the highlight reel, the fact that we got to be in a lot of those buildings and, and for those is pretty darn cool, pretty darn cool. All right, that'll wrap it up. Illinois gets another win in the Big Ten, improves to 4-0, and now 11-3 and overall. They've won 9 of 10. Uh, they get to Nebraska next week before a tougher string of games, Michigan and Purdue back-to-back at home. Crush won't be back, and Brad Underwood is pleading with all you that are sitting down by the court, get a little louder. You're a little lackadaisical to start this game. I'm calling you out. Um, but once Brad got the crowd fired up, the, the, the crowd stayed in it a little bit more. But going to have to bring some energy uh, for Michigan and Purdue and then at Maryland, home against Michigan State. Uh, end of January is where it's going to get really real for this team, but they're doing what they have to do right now uh, to compete atop the Big Ten. Derek and Joey will both be writing about Iowa DeSumo. I caught up with DeMar DeRozan. You'll read that. We'll have player grades up later. Plenty of Illini basketball content coming up at IlliniInquire.com. Thanks for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow. Rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, everybody take care. Um, take care of each other. Uh, have a great night, and we'll talk to you next time on the Online Choir podcast. <laughs>